music, news, talk, and sports. WQKR Portland, 1270 AM and 101.7 FM. While the hosts and guests on this program are encouraged to express their views, they do not necessarily reflect those of the ownership or management of WQKR. Good afternoon, Sumner County. I'm Len Asante. This is the Loyal Opposition, and you're listening to WQKR, Portland's radio station. It is 5.03 p.m., 76 degrees and sunny skies outside. Low tonight, clear, a low of 47 degrees. And as always, folks, the uh, text line is open. If you have any questions for our guests when we get into our discussion, Feel free to give us a call at area code 516-440-6310. That's 516-440-6310. Or hit us up on Facebook Messenger, uh, at Loyal Oppo on Facebook. All right, today on the show, Democrats go drinking, Fowler meets and greets, Republicans quiet quit, and Walker accused of hypocrisy, and our guest, Reverend Deb Moore. Before we get started, how's everyone doing today? Uh, Deb, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Are you doing great? Glad yeah. to be here. Beautiful day, isn't it? It Beautiful certainly day. is. Charmaine, how are you doing? How I you doing? am awesome sauce. Yeah, I'm working the board like the pro that you are, huh? <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah, right. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> okay. A uh, couple of announcements to start today. Uh, the Sumner County Democrats are uh, hoping beer will attract volunteers and donors. They're hosting a Drinks with Dems Hendersonville edition on Thursday, October 20th at 6 p.m. at the Tailgate Brewery in Hendersonville. I've been to some of these events, and they are fun. I've even hosted a couple in my hometown of Gallatin. Uh, They're fun, so check it out if you're interested. And, yes, they are coming to Portland. Stay tuned here for more details. There will be a Drinking with Dems in Portland edition. Uh, Announcement number two, Democratic candidate uh, for State House District 44, Kisa Fowler, is holding a meet and greet right next door to the station here at the Portland Chamber of Commerce, Thursday, October 13th from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Fowler is taking on incumbent House Majority Leader William Lamberth. So if you're interested in meeting Kisa, there's a great chance to meet her right here in Portland. All right, onward and upward. The newest Republican election tactic seems to be avoid, to avoid talking to voters at all costs, especially when the competition is in the room. In a version of the new fad of quiet quitting, which is when you don't actually quit your job, but rather you just do the bare minimum to survive, Republicans statewide seem to be making a concerted effort to do as little as possible to get reelected. Governor Bill Lee, perhaps the wishy-washiest governor we've had since I, in my lifetime, refuses to debate his opponent in the upcoming election. So it seems Dr. Jason Martin, the Democrat, will have the debate stage to himself. And according to the Daily Lookout, in House District 5, GOP nominee Andy Ogles, famous for allegedly paying his property taxes late and being the furthest possible right candidate you could be in a crowded GOP primary field, he also won't speak to some media outlet outlets and his campaign manager refused to even respond to written questions. As I say virtually every show, folks, an informed voter is a better voter. Candidates should campaign so voters can learn more than what they see or hear on campaign sound bites and candidate television ads. Speak to the voters, folks. That's the best way to find out who it is you're voting for on election day. Speaking of election day, or um, the last day to register to vote, I believe, is coming up next week. So if you have not, on the 11th. The 11th is the last day to register to vote, uh, which is six days from today, which then means early voting starts in just a couple of weeks. So if you have not registered to vote, please go online to uh, the county website. Uh, you can go to um, GoVoteSumnerTN.com, and you can register to vote there. You can vote at the county clerk's office. You can register to vote at the election office, uh, and you can register to vote online. So if you haven't done so, please do so. Remember, we had a less than 15% turnout for the last election here in August, and uh, if, you can't, if you don't vote, you're not allowed to complain. Right. Okay, uh, leave it to Georgia 
to have more interesting political races than Tennessee. GOP Senate hopeful and former football star Herschel Walker made headlines twice this week. First, he was accused for by he was accused by a woman for paying for an abortion, which the staunchly pro-life candidate vehemently denied. Then his own son called him a liar. Walker also admitted publicly to decade-old claims of domestic violence by his wife, and uh, he has also discussed openly his battle with mental illness. Kudos for candidate Walker for doing that. Uh, however, in July, Mr. Walker made a confounding series of remarks on air pollution in which he stated, and I quote, and if you can't follow me, it's not my fault, it's his. Since we don't control the air, our good air decided to float over to China's bad air. So when China gets our good air, their bad air got to move. <laughs> so it moves over to our good airspace. Then now we got to clean that back up. Okay. <clears throat> Unquote. Walker is a great example of a Trump-backed candidate, folks. No vetting to find out what skeletons might be lingering in the closets. No policy experience, no policy knowledge, no political experience, no political knowledge. Do we really want people in the U.S. Senate who think air pollution works like this? Could a Democratic candidate in Georgia really be worse than that? I honestly don't think so. Okay. Uh, we're going to take our first break a little early today so we can have as much time as possible with our guest. Uh, we'll be right back in a couple of minutes. You're listening to The Loyal Opposition on WQKR. The Sumner County Anti-Drug Coalition, an organization dedicated to ending drug abuse, is now the Sumner Prevention Coalition. But their goal is the same, helping Sumner County residents with drug abuse problems turn their lives around and get on the road to recovery. Their mission is to unite people with vision, commitment, and resources to provide solutions to eliminate substance abuse and make a difference for youth, families, and individuals in Sumner County. The coalition and its staff of experienced professionals in the field envision a healthy, safe, and thriving community free from substance abuse of all kinds, tobacco use, prescription drug abuse, and underage drinking. Find out how the Sumner Prevention Coalition can help you, and you can help the coalition. Visit them online at SumnerCoalition.org. That's SumnerCoalition.org. The Portland Sun is our local hometown newspaper where we can find out all the news about our friends, neighbors, businesses, schools, churches, and everything going on in our area. Every week, the latest issue of The Sun is full of the news we want and need, and it's only $20 a year for a subscription to get it mailed directly to your home. The Portland Sun, our hometown newspaper. For a subscription, call 615-384-6212 or go to theportlandsun.com online and click on the word subscribe. No one told them. No one warned them about the house on Willow Lane. What is it? It's the house. It's, it's alive. Here, Looney. Have you seen this energy bill? Ah, this house is robbing us blind! If your house is an energy thief, TVA and your local power company would like to help make your home more efficient and lower your bills. To learn more, visit energyright.com. We're CEMC. One of the biggest, best, and most exciting auctions ever in Portland is now underway online and will be available for open house viewing on September 24th. But you can go by and see the collections now at Days Gone By Museum, 122 Davis Street, Tuesday through Friday from 8 a.m. until 4 p.m. and Saturday from 8 until 2. For sale by bidding are the entire collections of the estate of Kathleen Collins and the contents of the museum. The volume and variety of the items up for auction are unmatched anywhere. Antique tractors, trucks, gas engines, steam engines, airplanes, motorcycles, scooters, antique farm equipment, antiques from all over the world. The most complete collection of Maytag appliances anywhere. It's unbelievable. Online bidding is open now at almanauctions.com. That's A-U-M-A-N-N-A-U-C-T-I-O-N-S dot com. So hurry while the good stuff lasts. Oh! 
Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to The Loyal Opposition, the show that believes that nations like ours benefit when government reflects a diversity of voices and makes space for dissent. That's why we're here, to air the voice of dissent to the supermajority's policies and ideas. Right. It is, speaking of dissent, it is 75 degrees now in Portland at the airport. Uh, clear skies, low of 47 degrees tonight. It is 12 minutes after 5. Okay, uh, our guest today, Reverend Deb Moore. Um, welcome to the show, Deb. Thanks, Lynn. Say hi to all the dozens of people who might be listening out there. <laughs> Hello, everyone. It's great to be here. <laughs> okay, uh, I start off every guest with the same question, more or less. Um, you know, I welcome you to the show, and I say, well, let's start off by telling us a little bit about yourself. What is it that you do? What's your education? What's your experience? What's your passionate life goal? Where mm. has your journey taken you? Where is it going to take you? As if we know. Wow. Um, all that kind of good all stuff. All of that? In, okay. And we only have an hour? We only have um, <laughs> Yeah, and, and make it brief. <laughs> right, and make it brief. So uh, I've been teaching college English for 24 years now, I believe, 25 years. I started at Tennessee State University, which is my alma mater. And then I came to Vol State about 10 years ago, uh, 11 years ago, I guess, and I've been there ever since. In the meantime, uh, I've received a, an interfaith ministry degree. My father was a minister. My grandfather was a minister. My uncle, three first cousins. I'm pretty much surrounded by it. And wow. uh, Yeah, right. It was al you'd almost think I was doomed for this, but <laughs> I serve as the Minister of Unity of Music City in Goodlitzville, Tennessee. Unity of Music City in Goodlitzville, mm -hmm. Tennessee. Mm -hmm. Okay, so yeah, you were destined, destined. to be more, it seems yeah. like. Okay, all right. Um, well, let's get right into it. This, uh, this <laughs> the haters are going to love this show. We're going to get emails, we're going to get texts. Um, if you've forgotten the text number, haters, and you want to complain about something that we're about to talk about, please give us a text at area code 516-440-6310 or hit us up on Facebook Messenger at Loyal Oppo. Okay. All right, Deb. Uh, many Republicans, including some that I've met in person, say you can't be a Democrat and a Christian at the same time. Can, can a Democrat be a Christian? Well, of course. Of course they can. You know... Uh, down through the years, there have been many gatekeepers of Christianity, and you can go all the way back to the Nicene Council in the 4th century, you can go to the Crusades of the Middle Ages, Martin Luther and the Protestant Reformation, there have always been people who have felt themselves qualified to be gatekeepers to faith, but what I think is really meant by this position is that there are items on the typical democratic platform that some folks take moral issue with, such as abortion access, rights within the LGBTQ community, immigrant policy. Somehow, guns get wrapped up in all of that. Somehow, yeah. And, and I'm not here to debate those issues. That would be a whole other show. But, and, you know, in three of the canonized Gospels, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, Jesus is questioned by a lawyer, uh, a teacher of the law, a Pharisee. And this is happening during the last week of Jesus' life, that week between Palm Sunday and Easter Sunday, which is a full one-third of the Gospels. One-third of everything we know about Jesus happens in one week of time. It's a heck of a week. It's a heck of a week. It's a, it was a big week. And it's also pertinent to point out that Jesus was ultimately sentenced to death, not by the government or the Romans, but by the leaders of the church, the gatekeepers, if you will. So Jesus was asked by this lawyer, this teacher of the law, what is the greatest commandment? And he said what we all know very well these days. It's the cornerstone of Christianity. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. So anyone who's operating in good faith and who is functioning with a sincere heart to love the God of their understanding and to love their neighbor as themselves is living the principles of Christianity. So because of that, I've known Muslims, Buddhists, Jews, Hindus, who were really great Christians. <laughs> if my neighbor belongs any, to... Any great, was it? any great atheist Christians out there? You know what? I have met some great atheist Christians out there. They might, they might quibble with the love the Lord your God part, but uh, you know, when it comes right down to it, if, if my neighbor belongs to a different political party or a different religion or has a different sexual orientation or a different belief about women's health care... And if I allow that 
to become bigger than my love for them, then we all know in that moment that one of us is not acting as Christ commanded, and it would be me. Okay. Okay. All right. So um, a Democrat can be a good Christian. Yes. Can, can a Republican be a good Christian? Absolutely. Okay. okay. Uh, if a Hindu can be a good Christian, or anybody, a Republican, <laughs> a Jew, I, anyone. I, uh, a Jew can be. Um, Absolutely. And the reason I asked that, uh, you know, is quit a quip remark, but mm-hmm. uh, I see the supermajority in this state constantly vote against what I perceive as alleged their alleged Christian values. Mm-hmm. They seem bent on excluding groups, on reducing people's rights, constraining education, passing laws that discriminate against people, but yet they're in church every Sunday morning praising Jesus' name. Um, how is that possible? <laughs> how, uh, I mean, it, it's, it, it sounds to me an outsider here as it sounds like hypocrisy, mm-hmm. but I, I doubt they would agree with me. Right. And, and I suppose you'd have to ask them that. You know, I think it's important to remember that absolutely a Republican can be a good Christian, but just because you're Republican doesn't make you a good Christian. Ah, right. Okay. And so, you know, having been raised in it and from my perspective, I think there are a lot of people who inherit their religious belief and they fall into lockstep with whatever the preacher says. It somehow gets kind of solidified along with their, you know, their relationship between their religious ideology and their political ideology start to line up. Um, you know, and, that, they, and that's a fascinating occurrence. Yeah, that is really a is. fascinating occurrence. And that has happened right? kind of in our lifetimes. In it? our lifetimes, absolutely. It's really going back to like 1970-ish. Uh, you know, evangelicals didn't originally vote as a monolithic block against things like abortion, for instance. Um, they were kind of guided that way by church leaders who saw that as an opportunity, by political leaders too, who saw it as being politically prudent. You know, there's, there's two really great there's two really great um, articles from Politico. One of them is called, um, or the real origins of the religious right. The other one is called the religious right and the abortion myth. That explains this timeline of this shift. When I was a kid in the late 60s, early 70s, the only people I heard about who were getting abortions were like, like preachers' kids and board presidents' kids. Of course, I was being raised in the church, so that's kind of all I heard about anyway. But needless to say, these issues have been used to drive a kind of wedge with people, you know. Um, The Republican Party was once considered the party of women in the late 60s, early 70s. Republican Party used to be pro-labor. Pro-labor, absolutely. So I think, you know, any Christians who struggle at all with how to be in this world that feels a bit broken these days. And and when it gets right down to it, I think we all fall into that. How do I be in this world that feels a little broken? I think the answer for Christians always has to be, let me lean toward loving my neighbor as myself, right? More than my political identity, more than my personal stance on social issues, any of that, can I lean more toward grace and love and kindness? And unfortunately, I think there are some who feel like they can't, partially because of what they hear on Sunday morning. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we could probably use some more grace, love, and kindness. It in would the world be nice. Us. It'd be nice. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, let's let's dig a little deeper. Okay. Um, I think we've got time for one more question before our break. Yeah. Okay. We are now seeing uh, the emergence of a new political block in America. Uh, what is being called the white Christian nationalist movement. Uh, Can you explain who those folks are and what they believe? (laughs) Well, um, to go way back, it's kind of like an oxymoron trapped in a riddle, wrapped in a mystery, (laughs) contained in an enigma or something like that. Um, Because some of those, the first two words, white and Christian, are innocuous words to begin with. They're just descriptors, you know, it's just... It's just what they are. It does raise that age-old question, however, about why the most segregated hour in the United States each week is 11 o'clock on Sunday Sunday morning. morning. Yeah. Uh, You know, why is it that the faith tradition that's supposedly centered around loving our neighbors isn't the most prime example in our society of the big tent inclusivity, right? That's always been a question that's kind of 
I have never found the answer to. Love thy white neighbor, love, love thy black neighbor, yeah. love thy lesbian neighbor, love, love thy neighbor who had an abortion, love thy gay neighbor. Right, right? exactly, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So when we throw nationalist in there, we get a whole different thing because nationalism inherently is kind of the opposite of loving our neighbors as ourselves. If we look at the macro perspective, our neighbors are the folks in Mexico and Canada and Costa Rica and India and China. So neighbors are more than just the people who literally live next door to you. Absolutely. It's Mm -hmm. everyone around you. And if we don't love everyone we encounter, then that's a problem that kind of goes against the very heart of Christianity. So that... You know, that very questionable concept of American exceptionalism mm-hmm. has somehow gotten married to a concept of Christian exceptionalism, and they've become like the twin engines pushing us in a very dangerous direction. Um, there's a couple of groups or ideologies that feed into this, this idea of dominionism. Dominionism. That, ah, yes. Can you tell us what that is? Yes. The dominion theology is this idea that desires to institute a government ruled by Christians. Ultimately, it's pushing for a theocracy, right? There's a belief that drives this philosophy that the United States was founded on Christian principles as a Christian nation, and any really fair assessment of the founders shows this to be clearly not true. Were they Christian uh, primarily in belief? Absolutely. But if you look at, like, Thomas Jefferson... Yeah, Thomas Jefferson, I mean, he was... A theist. He was, anything, he was right? a theist. He was a deist. A deist. The deist right. who believed that God was like the great clockmaker in the sky who just set the thing in motion and then he doesn't interfere. Um, Thomas Jefferson, probably the most influential figure, arguably, in the founding of the nation, he, he requested that, that only three things be put on his tombstone. He wanted, it, he wanted it put on there that he was the author of the Declaration of the Independence, the, the father of the University of Virginia, and the writer of the Virginia Statute for Religious Freedom. So he didn't even care about being president of the United States on his tombstone, (laughs) but what he wanted on there was the fact that he wrote a statement of conscience and a statement that advocates the separation of church and state. And so uh, it would seem dominionism runs counter to that philosophy then, obviously. I I would believe so, absolutely. Okay, uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to talk a whole lot more about white Christian nationalism with Reverend Deb Moore when we get back. Uh, You're listening to WQKR, Portland's radio station. Why choose the Farmer's Bank? We've been serving our community since 1912, and we still manage our business locally. This means that when you need banking services or a loan, we don't let a computer or someone thousands of miles away make our decisions. We make decisions locally. We visit with you in person. We shake your hand. We get to know you and your family. The Farmer's Bank is a community bank built on trust and quality customer care and service. Visit us at any of our 11 area locations or online at thefarmersbank.net to see the Farmer's Bank difference. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. Cash is king at the Mint Gaming Hall this month. You need cash, and we have it. Play with your Mint Rewards card to earn entries every day. Then join us for your chance to win up to $10,000 cash on Fridays at Kentucky Downs and Saturdays at Bowling Green. You know cash is king, and we aren't messing around on the weekends at the Mint Gaming Hall. TheMintGaming.com has all the details. Cash is king, baby. Problem gambling? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you're looking for a job or a better job, we have good news for you. Habilitation and Training Services, better known as HATS, is looking for direct support professionals, DSP, to work alongside adults with intellectual disabilities by assisting them with community integration, community employment, and activities of daily living in a residential setting. It's a specialized field, but prior experience isn't required. It's a job that's rewarding and meaningful and offers great benefits, including paid time off, health, dental, and life insurance, a retirement program, and longevity pay. And in addition to all that, every night when your day is over, you know you've helped people to have a better life. What a great feeling. What a great job. HATS offers full-time, part-time, and PRN positions for various shifts in Portland, Gallatin, and Springfield. For more information, call 615-575-1030. That's 615-575-1030. Or go online to hatstn.org. 
HatsTN.org. This is a rare opportunity to have a job you love and help other people who need your help. Make the call today, 615-575-1030. You'll be glad you did. It's time again for Panther football. And Graphic Obsessions has all your Panther gear for the season. Right off the rack or get custom printed shirts and hoodies with your favorite player's name and number custom printed and delivered fast. Shop where the Panthers shop. Graphic Obsessions, 105 South Broadway, open Monday through Friday from 9 to 5 or visit our Facebook page. Shop small, shop local, shop Portland Panthers at Graphic Obsessions. It's time to save on the powerfully versatile Kubota M7 tractor with up to 168 horsepower, superior loader lift capacity, and operator-friendly controls and comfort. The hardworking M7, rated number one in durability and owner experience. Now get the Kubota M7 tractor for zero down and 0% APR for 60 months plus $8,000 loyalty cash reward. Now through September 30th. See us or go to KubotaUSA.com for full disclaimer. Welcome back to The Loyal Opposition. I'm your host, Lan Asante, hosting the show that believes nations like ours benefit when government reflects a diversity of voices and makes space for dissent. Why The Loyal Opposition? Because while we are opposed to the supermajority's policies and philosophies, we are definitely not opposed to the Tennessee and United States constitutions. So we are The Loyal Opposition. We are back. Uh, we're having a great conversation with uh, Reverend Deb Moore, um, who is uh, who has had a rather intense family life. Lots of reverends and church folks Lots in her past. And do you have, by any chance, a favorite biblical quote or Jesus quote or fa- favorite passage or anything like that? Um, you know, I, I, I like a lot of what Jesus said. It's kind of like Jefferson, as we were talking about earlier, wrote the Jeffersonian Bible, which was essentially just the words of Jesus. Um, so most of the time when, when he opens his mouth, it sounds pretty good to me. But certainly the love your neighbor as yourself, is you can't top that one. Can't top that one. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, um, it's now 74 degrees at the Portland Municipal Airport and clear skies, sunny ten- Sunny, low tonight will be 47 degrees. As always, if you have a question for our guest or for the show, 516-440-6310 or at Loyal Oppo on Facebook Messenger. Okay, uh, back with Deb Moore. We're talking white Christian nationalism. Um, white Christian nationalists seem to love Donald Trump, uh, <laughs> who seems to me at least, and I'm not an expert obviously, but who seems to me like a fairly unchristian type. Um, what's the, uh, what's the allure there? What's the link? I haven't the foggiest <laughs> and I was hoping you would tell me. Um, well, I've got, I've got my theories, of course, <laughs> of but, course, yes. but it's, it's, you're the guest. And well, you know, <laughs> so I, you know, thankfully I have known uh, a lot of people, quite a few people who are either Republican or Christian or both who are just as baffled as I am by this, Yes, this which is gives true. me, you know, hope and faith for the country in general. I, I'm not the kind of um, liberal who wants to see republicanism die. I think it, we're, we're served best when both of those parties are strong yes, and functioning exactly. well. Exactly. We need a strong two-party system that can wrestle with ideas and, and come to a uh, meeting of the minds, usually in the middle somewhere. Absolutely. Compromise, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I totally agree with you there. Yeah. It seems like it's getting harder and harder to do that now. It seems like... Uh, when we argue, we argue from the extremes. We hear what the extreme right-wingers believe, and we hear what the extreme left-wingers believe, and they're so far apart. Uh, you know, they're so far apart that if they were on in a, in a circle, they might end up meeting each other on the other side of the circle. They might, and sometimes they do in strange ways, it seems like. Um, well, fascism and socialism end up sounding pretty similar in some cases, in, right? In the long run, yeah. So, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, it's not so much the... The platform or the policies or the political ideology of Trump, although I think there are plenty of examples within those um, areas of not loving our neighbors as ourselves, as a good Christian would do. But it was, for me, the bullying and the name-calling, the interest in conquest over cooperation, you know, the narcissism, the ego, none of that fits into a Christian theology. 
um, at least not one that keeps Jesus at the center, uh, at least. It seems that, that the attraction to Donald Trump has been more connected to this dominionist desire to stack the court, right. overturn Roe, right. implement a morality police kind of national agenda. Um, check, check, and yeah. almost check. <laughs> some, some evangelicals have explicitly said that it doesn't matter what kind of deeply flawed human he was, that God could use anybody, and I believe God can use anybody in, in the highest and best. But I think they, they have this unjustifies the means kind of approach to Trump. The problem is those people who see him as flawed and support him anyway because they want to get their way on lar- larger social issues, they seem to forget that a lot of others don't understand the nuance of their position. And so they've influenced an entire group of kind of disciples of Trump, if you will, who seem to blindly follow anything he does. And this is where it gets concerning for me. You know, you, you would think with what's going on in Iran right now, I don't know if you've been following the story of yeah. Masa Amini, mm-hmm. the woman who was um, beaten to death by the morality police for not wearing her hijab, hijab correctly and covering her hair. Uh, that's certainly, I think if you really talked with Americans without even finding out what their political affiliation was, most Americans would say that's pretty appalling. That's a bad thing. That we don't sure. want a society that does that. I agree, sure. And so I think it serves all of us. It serves Republicans, it serves Democrats, it serves the church, and it serves the state to keep those two things operating separately. Interesting thought. Interesting thought. Um, the, uh, uh, the idea that we have things in common, mm-hmm. uh, I think, is something that we often forget. Yes, right? often absolutely. Forget, and that there is more, there's more that binds us together than tears us apart, but we just never seem to focus on the 99% of things that bind us together. And exactly. We tend, instead, we focus on the 1% of things that tear us apart, I guess, because that's more fun, and that gets ratings on radio. Right? You know, it's interesting. My students, just today, we were talking about the impact of social media on the way that we interact with each other. And they seemed to indicate that the pandemic made that worse, that we really we, we were all shoved away and, and had to focus. You know, we only interacted with each other on social media for a while. That creates a false sense of I can say anything I want. Yeah. And we've somehow brought that back out into our national conversation, it feels like. We've emerged from the pandemic, but we still have that social media mindset. Yeah. And, and of course, you know, social media, of course, isn't filtered. There are no gatekeepers. Uh, you know, and uh, a statistic I saw recently is that a majority of Americans get at least some of their news from social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a majority of Americans also believe that uh, – News from social media is biased and often wrong, but they still get their news from there. Right. So they, they do it. They realize it's a problem, but they still do, they still do it because, well, it's, it's, it's easy. It's right? easy. It's easy. It's right yes. there in front of you. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and, you know, one of the, one of the cornerstones of this, of this program, uh, you know, when I was approached to do it, you know, I, I wanted to talk about issues that weren't getting talked about in the uh, – traditional local media because again an informed voter is a better voter mm-hmm. uh, and I think obviously that education is an, is an important thing uh, and, and well, a lot of what we're getting on social media isn't education it's, uh, it's well it's this education it's outright lying it's uh, mm-hmm. propaganda right it's propaganda Facebook recently just uh, took down literally thousands of fake Russian accounts that were trying mm. to spread this information about the mm. war in Ukraine uh, and uh, you know it's it's hard for the social media companies, even if they want to, if even if they want to, to you know liter- to police literally billions of exactly. accounts, right? Exactly. Uh, and I'm not sure they how hard they exactly they want to, right? Because there's money to be made there. Okay. Okay. So uh, so Donald Trump might just be the vessel that's carrying the. Uh, white Christian nationalist movement right now. He may not be the perfect vessel, but he's who they got, right? And he seems to have awoken uh, uh, some feelings in some Americans. Um, he's, he's, he's touched some raw nerves, um, some hates and some fears. And I always tell people hate and fear are so closely tied together. They're, they're, basic, they're basically two sides of the same coin. 
And uh, we, see Ameri- we see an America that's changing, and um, that scares a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, here we have someone who, who claims he wants to you know, make things better again. Uh, and that, I suppose that is a seductive message. It is a seductive message, and it's always, you know, <clears throat> politics 101, I would think, and I'm not a political scientist, but it appears to me that politics 101 is just make them afraid. Yeah. Just make them afraid, make and you afraid. can control them. You can yes. manipulate them. You can so, – so people like Donald Trump and, and even the, the Christian dominionist and people on all extremes of politics love to create demons – they love to set up these demons right. in, in the mind because then they feel like they can, they can control the situation. Right, and those demons, those are the bad guys. Yep. Those are the liberals. Those are the, you know, whoever, whoever. And you is need on, to be afraid of them. And you need to be afraid of them. Which makes yeah. people in ultimately afraid of their neighbors. Mm-hmm. Right. Which, again, seems to go contrary to that yeah. very first teaching of Jesus. Absolutely. Uh, the, um, I, and, you know, people might be wondering, well, you know, what does this have to do with um, Sumner County, Tennessee? Um, because these seem like big national, even international issues. But it does hit home locally. I mean, there, you know, there are local politicians who recently ran in the, in the most recent August election with similar-sounding rhetoric. Mm-hmm. Um, we have you know, an active group of these uh, so-called constitutional conservatives um, who, I argue, don't know the Constitution and aren't particularly conservative with some of their ideas. Um, but... Uh, the, some of the language you see in their Facebook posts, for example, is um, you know borderline hate, borderline anger, borderline fear, um, borderline threatening. Um, you know, uh, one candidate said uh, when we had we had the tie. If you remember, we had that tie election in Sumner County for that county commission district. I remember it well. Right? And uh, one of the county commissioners said afterwards that he voted for the Republican to break the tie. Uh, because he wanted to protect Sumner County from progressive liberalism, whatever whatever the heck that is, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so, yeah, so that's something to be feared. Right. That's a thing we need to be protected from, right? right? The, the, count, the county commission now is almost purely a group of 24 Republicans, mm-hmm. uh, all white, majority male, and uh, that's not a lot of diversity, so you're not going to get a lot of that political give and take, exactly. <laughs> that wrestling between of the great ideas between the two sides. Right. Um, you're you're uh, you're setting yourself up for groupthink, mm-hmm. and that is bad think. That exactly. is bad thinking, and it becomes an issue not just of political ideology, but of good governance. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so you know, we. I'm, I'm glad to hear that you're optimistic about the future of our country. I am optimistic about the future of our country because I'm not, and and <laughs> that's deeply, deeply depressing to me. So I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad. I'm, I'm the only one, at least in this room. It's difficult at times, but you know, um, there's a reason why hope is one of the big three. Right? These three remain: faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. But hope's in there. Hope's in there. Top and, three. Right? Uh, there's a reason why it's in there, and that is because that's what we have to cling to. If we just looked at the reality around us right now, we'd all just lay down and give up. Uh, but the truth is that we always know that the our better angels are are calling to us, and the long arc of moral justice right is it's long but it will eventually bend toward justice so right exactly so i yeah. think that's uh that's the message that got barack obama elected for, for two terms it as was president, right? it hope was and message, change open change open right? change the classics okay all right uh let's uh dig a little deeper okay. we've got a little more time before our next break sure according to the berkeley center for religion peace and world affairs at georgetown university um a party-loving group of people, it sounds like. (laughs) White Christian nationalists believe America was founded as a Christian nation, something we've already mentioned, by white Christians, and its laws and institutions are based on biblical Protestant Christianity. America is divinely favored, but in exchange for this divine favoritism, um, we have a mission, and our mission is to spread religion, freedom, and civilization by force, if necessary, throughout the world. But that mission is endangered by the growing presence of non-whites, non-Christians, and non-Americans on American soil. Uh, Immigrants. White Christians must therefore take back our country, their country. Sounds like thinly veiled racism to me. 
white Christian nationalists often use violent language, as we saw on, Jan on January 6th and before January 6th and after January 6th. By the way, one of the reasons why I really, why I really hate the January 6th insurrection is because January 6th is my birthday, and oh so from gosh. now on, my birthday is forever <laughs> oh, no. associated with these horrible, horrible, unpatriotic traitors. Yes. Um, but uh, that aside, I'm sorry. That's quite <laughs> I, all right. I, I digress. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we see that the white Christian nationalists, at least some of them, often use this violent language. Um, and again, this doesn't sound like the message of love and tolerance Jesus preached. Uh, are they, um, I mean, don't we all know that Jesus preached love and tolerance? Are they just ignoring Jesus' message? Have they somehow conflated it to think that loving, that tolerance and love means kicking out immigrants and bashing gay and trans people? I mean, uh, I don't. I don't understand the psychology there. I I don't understand it either. Really, I, you know, I I don't fully understand some people's vision of Jesus. I've seen um, otherwise seriously intended pictures of Jesus with big, strong muscles, muscles and, and a you know, like a submachine, submachine gun. gun. And of course, and he's just, always white. Oh my god! He's gosh. always white. Yeah, he's always white. There wasn't a single white person in the Bible, by right. the way. Yeah. Not a single one. So you said that it sounded like thinly veiled racism to you, and I think it sounds just like racism. Um, not even thinly veiled. So there's no um, veil. There's, there's no, no veil. veil. There's no, no veil. veil. It's just racism. You okay. know, so uh, I don't know if you saw in September, the Pew Research Center put out a study. They published a study. Uh, it's called Modeling the Future of Religion in America. Yes, I think I remember yeah. this. And so the, the, the numbers are kind of, you know, interesting. When you look 50 years ago, in 1970, 90% of the nation identified as Christian. Today, that number is about 64%. That's a significant drop mm -hmm. in 50 years. That also happens to align right with the, the beginnings of the growing influ influence of evangelicalism. Um, and I think what a lot of people have with that kind of harder more uh, less less flexible version of Christianity uh, that leaned away from loving your neighbor as yourself and leaned toward these very rigid rules of morality. Uh, people people didn't resonate with that, and they went looking for a place um, that felt a little bit better than that. Uh, in fifty years from now, the study shows that if the trends continue, that uh, Christians in the in the nation might even go lower than fifty percent, lower than the majority. The fastest rising group is a group they call the nuns. Now, that's not like Catholic nuns. nuns. It's like N-O-N-E-S. N-O-N-E-S, like as in no religion. That's the fastest growing group. But that's why, I, as an interfaith minister, I believe interfaith is kind of the future of spirituality in many ways because... Because um, those, those nuns don't necessarily believe there's no God. They exactly. just believe They just don't believe that any particular organized religion is the way to reach that God. Absolutely. Okay. Those nuns can include atheists and agnostics, sure. but also people who don't label themselves or align with any specific uh, wisdom tradition. And I personally believe that it's part of the human experience to have kind of a, a need for a spiritual experience while we're here. I've known atheists who are deeply spiritual people. Now, they may not attribute that to a divine entity, but they have a, a deep sense of spiritual, um, a rich spiritual life in terms of the way they look at the human spirit. So, you know, I, I think that these numbers, the, the numbers, uh, they concern Christians in America. And the more that this becomes a reality, I think the more desperate people get. I remember kind of a, you know, the final bellows of a dying elephant, if you will. So <laughs> they have to gotcha. respond to that. Gotcha. Okay, okay we're going to take one more break. And when all we right. come back, uh, we're going to ask Deb the most important question of all. So please stay tuned. This is The Loyal Opposition. I'm your host, Lena Santi, and you are listening to WQKR. What does Kasasa mean to you? If you have a checking account, Kasasa means free banking. That's right. Kasasa Cash and Kasasa Saver are free, reward-based accounts offered only at Volunteer State Bank. No minimum balance to earn the rewards, no monthly service fee, free online banking, and nationwide ATM fee refunds. It's a free checking account that rewards Volunteer State Bank customers with high interest for every month you qualify. Available only at Volunteer State Bank. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. D.T. McCall is your neighborhood mattress superstore at 1220 Scottsville Road in Lafayette. 
and online at dtmccalls.com. Queensand started only $499.99 at DT McCall for beautiful Amish handcrafted beds and many national brands too. Dr. J's Spinal Series Queen Size Bed started just $15.99.99 and 12 months 0% interest is available. Some restrictions apply. Also this month at D.T. McCall, high-quality, good-looking LG washers and dryers are on sale, starting at just $649.99 each. Frigidaire and Samsung refrigerators, freezers, and ranges are all on sale, too, with big savings and mail-in rebates. Friendly hometown service, great savings in every department, convenient financing, and free delivery within 125 miles of Carthage. Shop where we shop at WQKR. D.T. McCall, 1220 Scottsville Road in Lafayette. In the Portland, Gallatin, Hendersonville, and Springfield area, you'll find the perfect vehicle for your lifestyle at Reiselman Buick GMC, 2516 Memorial Boulevard in Springfield. Hello, WQKR listeners. This is Courtney Reiselman from Reiselman Buick GMC. And thanks to you, we're the fastest-growing dealership in the Nashville area. Here's the thing. Our goal is every customer, every time. Our name is Buick GMC, yet we buy pre-owned vehicles all over the country. Mercedes, Toyota, Honda, just let us know, and we'll find it. Did you know our collision and body shop is top-rated? Bring it to us, and we'll fix it right the first time. Todd, I, and the team thank you for your support and appreciate your business. We look forward to seeing you. In the Portland, Gallatin, Hendersonville, and Springfield area, you'll find the perfect vehicle for your lifestyle at Reiselman Buick GMC. Open Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. until 7.30 p.m. and 8 till 6 on on Saturday at 2516 Memorial Boulevard in Springfield. Sumner Regional Medical Center believes that every person has the right to dignity, respect, and compassion as we journey through the cycle of life. That's why they have created High Point Hospice. Our team of doctors, nurses, hospice aides, social workers, chaplains, and volunteers will walk by your side, offering support, providing symptom management, and answering questions to bring comfort and peace to you and your loved ones. For more information about High Point Hospice, call 328-6690. Hey, join me, Kenny Mann, right here on the queue for Wednesday night's Triple Play Sports. It's every Wednesday, and Elijah Jacobs, Phil Tucker, that's Triple Play, and it's right here on the queue. Man, we're talking sports. You don't want to miss it. See you there. Planet Fitness Triple Play Sports, every Wednesday night from 6 until 9 on WQKR, broadcast live and on location from Planet Fitness in downtown Portland. Back to Sumner County, you're listening to The Loyal Opposition with your host, Lena Santi, on WQKR. It is still 74 degrees and sunny, and it will be a low of 47 degrees tonight. Okay, we are speaking with Reverend Deb Moore about uh, white Christian nationalism. And I said I was going to saving the most important question for last, and this is it. Uh, is there a danger in conflating the idea of white Christian nationalism with all forms of Christianity in the United States. Are we painting with too broad a brush here? Absolutely. And I think, unfortunately, because the extreme version of Christianity, white Christian nationalism, gets a lot of attention, um, we tend to think it's bigger maybe than it is. And now I don't want to discount it. It's pretty darn big. But there is a religious left. There are liberal Christians, progressive Christianity is centered around the command of Jesus to love one another and promotes the values of compassion and mercy and tolerance. They're interested in social justice. They're people who are engaged in work that serves and supports women, immigrants, the incarcerated, the African-American community, other communities of color, and even in work that intersects with other faith communities. So those people are out there. There are a lot of great writers that I've followed over the years, like Marcus Borg and Richard Rohr, Rachel Held Evans, Bishop John Shelby Spong, Nadia Boltz-Weber, who are just amazing voices that are calling us to something 
much deeper than those superficial issues that that tend to get a lot of attention. Um, so often, you know, the religious right defaults to a single way to respond to others, this demonizing of them and painting them as a big, scary, evil thing. But there are a whole lot of beautiful people in the world on a broad spectrum. And, you know, so you have you have the people, there are Christian liberals out there. All right. All right. So we should be aware, aware. that there yes. are... Uh, that, yes, this white Christian nationalist movement does not represent all. And they are just as concerned and perhaps more so about the white Christian oh, nationalist movement. Oh, I bet, because they, they're worrying, again, about yes. people painting with too broad a brush. Yes. You know? So uh, what can we do if white Christian nationalism is an existential threat to American ideals in our system of government, which I, I personally believe it is? Mm-hmm. How do we respond? What can we do? I, I, I know you're going to say love thy neighbor as you love yourself, <laughs> uh, which, is, which is fine, but yeah. any more than that? Well, I think that we have to remain diligent. We have to remain informed, and right. we have to vote. Uh, we have to vote with a, our heart as much as with our, our political ideology. You know, every single major world religion, and even most of the minor ones, have a version of the golden rule. Right. Do unto others as you would have others do unto you. you. You can find that in Hinduism, Jainism, Buddhism. Every single world religion has that. And to me, it's kind of a rule that transcends religion. It is the one religious ideal that I think could serve us politically. Sort of a universal constant. Absolutely. It is the truth with a oh. capital T. And right? if, So if you're a legislator, uh, state, federal, whatever and you're about to vote on a bill, you could ask yourself, if I was the person who this bill targeted or a member of the group that this bill targeted, would I be happy with this legislation? Absolutely. And if the answer is no, you shouldn't vote for it. Then you have to rethink that. You have to rethink that. Absolutely. Right. If you're going to truly serve all of the constituents. Right. And, and we are, our elected officials are constitutionally obligated to serve all of their constituents. Yes. yes. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Deb. Thank you, Lynn. Um, I appreciate. I definitely appreciate your joining us today. Uh, the less talking I have to do, and the more talking the guests do, the better the show, and the less tired I get. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Sure. Let me let me end with uh, a quick commentary, and we'll uh, and then folks stay tuned for uh, triple play sports coming up next. Uh, I think, and this is this is this is Lynn speaking. This is not Deb speaking or anybody else, but but. White Christian nationalism, I I see it as uh, what George Lakoff, the famous philosopher, called a frame. A frame is like a bare-bones movie script. It has roles. It has relations between characters. It has scenarios that play out scenes. Like a movie, it can be made and remade over and over again with different actors and different scenes and new special effects and so on. Trumpism seems to me to be the latest version of of the white Christian nationalist frame. Echoing the promised land story, Trump says he will take back our country from the outsiders and invaders who have taken control. Immigrants, secularists, Muslims, Mexicans, Democrats, liberals. And then restore it to its rightful owners, the real Americans, that is, the white Christian Americans. Echoing the end time story, Trump paints the world in terms of us versus them, good versus evil, and hints at violent struggles to come. Never comes out and says it, but certainly hints at violence. The first such violent struggle took place on January 6, 2021, my 57th birthday. It will not, I fear, be the last. Love thy neighbor as you love yourself. Do unto others as you would have done unto you. This has been another episode of The Loyal Opposition. Stay tuned next week when we have counsel. Uh, we have candidate for Portland City Council, Latoya Holcomb, on the show. Until then, this has been Len Asante for the Loyal Opposition. You are listening to WQKR, Portland's radio station. Stay tuned for Triple Play Sports right here. Thank you. Hi, this is Jay Preston, host of a brand new show on WQKR on Sunday afternoons. We call it Americana Country. You'll hear the best Americana and roots music anywhere. We feature singer-songwriters, folk music, blues, classic country, bluegrass, rockabilly, classic rock, and R&B. 
Join me, Jay Preston, Sunday afternoons, 1 till 4 p.m. on WQKR for Americana Country. Portland's only locally owned hometown pharmacy is Portland Prescription Shop, 705 South Broadway. With a convenient location, convenient hours, and a free delivery service for all local residents. If you're a former customer of Village Drugs, which closed at the end of March, Portland Prescription Shop will be happy to be your new home for all of your pharmacy and prescription needs. Open Monday through Friday from 8.30 until 5.30 and Saturday 8.30 till 1. Portland Prescription Shop accepts all insurance plans. A big selection of over-the-counter non-prescription medications and sundries. And a $1 and $2 section with a big selection of items at super saving prices. Locally owned and operated, Mike and the friendly staff are looking forward to helping you with all of your pharmacy and medical needs. COVID home testing kits are available now at Portland Prescription Shop, 705 South Broadway. Hometown service, convenience, and free local delivery. Portland Prescription Shop. Here's an important message from Portland Natural Gas. Always looking out for your safety. Think you have a gas leak? First, evacuate the area. Don't use matches, electrical switches, flashlights, or telephones. And report it immediately by calling Portland Natural Gas at 325-6776. If you think the leak is serious and a real danger is present, call 911. Portland Natural Gas. Looking out for your safety and providing cost-efficient heating and cooling for Portland residents. This area's most complete selection of building materials is at Portland Builders Supply, 462 North Broadway in Portland. They have everything for your home improvement project. Friendly professionals are happy to answer all your questions at Portland Builders Supply. Go by today. Serving your home building and remodeling needs for more than 30 years. Portland Builder Supply, 462 North Broadway. They're the pros, and they're waiting to help you. Did you know that practicing gratitude promotes a positive mindset, strengthens your self-esteem, reduces stress and anxiety, and improves sleep? Hi, Michelle Harbin, certified nutrition coach and owner of Harbin Hollow Local Market here. Being in a state of appreciation is a large part of my daily wellness routine. Since opening Harbin Hollow, I give thanks daily for the many opportunities our little market provides. I'm grateful for the farmers and small batch artisans who share their crops, products, and talents with us. I am grateful for our team and the sense of family we foster. And I am beyond thankful for the Portland community and each of you that continually chooses to shop small and spread the local love. Visit Harbin Hollow Local Market to enjoy local meats, dairy, baked goods, bath and body products, handmade jewelry, and more. Remember, 67 cents of every dollar you spend at a local small business stays right here in our community. Join me in a moment of gratitude for the opportunity to support so many local folks. And come see us at 809 North Broadway in Portland to shop local today. 